Hey everyone, welcome back to the Impact Show 2.0. I'm your host, Matt Diner, and this is a show for sport coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, and fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on those around them. For my episode today, I get a chance to interview Jeff Bramhall, who is the COO of Reflexive Performance Reset, RPR. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but he is also a massage therapist. With RPR, he gets to work with coaches, trainers, and practitioners, teaching a system of breathing and rubbing that helps people feel better, move better, and live a better life. It's fascinating stuff. We'll dive into that a little bit. Um, I actually also have, for anyone interested in learning more about Reflexive Performance Reset or RPR, um, I'm going to put in the show notes a, a link of how you can get their level one online course, but also you'll be able to get a special $30 off discount uh, using an Impact Show promo code. So that'll be exciting. Um, But in addition to RPR, uh, Jeff has a background as a massage therapist, working primarily with active adults who want to feel their best and be the best partners, parents, and friends they can be. And they realize that a therapeutic caring touch is a valuable part of overall wellness. Uh, Jeff brings a wealth of experience from the business world, obviously training, and then a unique perspective with RPR and some of what he does with massage therapy. So we had a chance to have a great conversation and we'll dive into a few different topics, not only what is RPR and how it works, uh, but really about how he uses some of the principles involved with that um, and just being mindful and knowing yourself and how that applies to having an impact on those around you. Um, and then we also talk about this concept of stacking your deck to have the most productive day possible. So I've been that quite a bit. Uh, and then obviously stick around at the end of the interview. I'll share a few of my main takeaways uh, as we wrap up the episode. Uh, but I want to take a moment to recognize Team Builder. So uh, that was actually how Jeff and I got to meet is, is he is a contributor with the uh, Team Builder blog. And just a user of the product. Uh, so Team Builder, if you're not familiar or haven't listened to my past episodes, uh, they are a leader in online strength and conditioning software where you can customize reports. Uh, you can also put programs online for your athletes, even earn side income as a trainer. Great product. I recommend you checking it out and getting a free trial with Team Builder. So I'll also have information about that in my show notes. But I don't want to uh, take any more of your time. Uh, I want to dive right in. It's it's a, a longer interview with Jeff, but we get into so many different topics. I, I really encourage you to take notes, but also really look within some of our conversation about how you can take some of the principles we talk about. I think you'll find that they are very applicable into whatever line of work or business you're in. So here is my conversation with Jeff Bramhall. All right, Jeff, welcome to the Impact Show 2.0. Thanks for joining me today. Matt, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to jump in. I think uh, even just in our brief time talking, uh, there's a lot of different things that we can dive into, and you bring a unique perspective, and and I think that's important to be able to look at things from some different angles. Um, But before we, we start diving into the topics that we've discussed, can you start off by just giving maybe a little background on yourself, but also um, RPR. I think it may be a concept that not everybody's familiar with, with reflexive performance reset. What that looks like uh, is, is something that you've, you've put a lot of time and effort and energy into. So I want to make sure before we uh, get into our topics for today that, that you have a chance to maybe give a framework for um, just the work that you do and how, you know, we'll talk about how that mindset applies in, into other aspects as well, but um, give us the, you know, the, the couple minute version of, of RPR and what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my name is Jeff Ramhall. I, I run the, uh, I essentially run the business of RPR, uh, Reflexive Performance Reset. And um, yeah, RPR, uh, I work with, uh, we have three, three co-founders who I work with, uh, Cal Dietz at the University of Minnesota, uh, Chris Corfist, who runs uh, Slow Guy Speed School out of Chicago, he's also a high school teacher and a uh, and a track coach down there. Uh, works really closely with Tony Holler and kind of the Feed the Cats like Rebel Talent kind of idea. 
and uh, JL Holdsworth, who runs uh, two 20,000 square foot training facilities in Columbus, Ohio, uh, called the Spot Athletics. Um, and, and what RPR is, is um, it's, it's funny to say it as simple as this, but it's a system of breathing and rubbing that helps you feel better, move better, and live a better life. Um, which is, uh, which is a really, it's a, that's a really odd thing to say, but it's, it's just a way of, um, it's a, it's a way of using, um, of, of using reflex points on your body, uh, to change the way that you, the, change the way that your brain responds to the environment that you're in, um, letting your body move better and move, move better and feel better. It's like, it, it looks kind of silly. It looks kind of voodoo-y, but it, uh, but at the same time, it's, um, it makes a real it, it makes real measurable changes in the way that your body the way that your body moves we find people get um, they they run into fewer injuries they feel better when they're training they run they uh they pr their lifts they uh they don't get hurt on the field like you know kind of all those all, all those things that uh all those things that people are people are constantly chasing and it, it fits really nicely in with uh, with a well designed a well designed training program or a well designed you know a well designed team uh team environment um, and you mentioned that it really works with any program. You know, it's it's made to enhance or improve whatever you're doing, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like it's it's something that you can that all of your athletes can do. Like you know, like an eight year old kid can do this stuff, and it's just it's just rubbing your it's just it's just rubbing, man. Um, and you do it at like you do it leading into a dynamic warm up if you're in the if you're in the weight room or pregame. Um, we've got some really, really cool stories of, um, uh, Isaiah Ramirez is a, a good friend of ours, a good friend of mine who lives out in, uh, he's out in like central California and, uh, he's a PE teacher and the kids all come out of gym. Like they have gym in their school, which that on its own is awesome. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. kids, but kids come out of, um, they, the, the Dean of students last year was like, it's like, Isaiah, all the kids coming out of gym class are really happy. And like, they really love, they love what you're doing in there would you be up for like, would you be up for taking the juniors before they do the ACTs? Like, would you be up for like having them come in and you brought them in, shut the, like killed the lights in the, in the gym, had them walking in circles and doing the, just doing breathing, breathing and rubbing while they're walking, while they're walking laps around the gym. And all those kids felt like felt significantly better when they went into, um, when they went in to take those tests. So yeah, like, like you said, Matt, it's like, you know, we, we, it's, it's kind of that Trojan horse idea of, you know, we, we talk about getting you better at sports. We talk about like, we talk about athletics because that's the avenue through which we have that. That's the avenue that we come from. It's the avenue through which we communicate with people. But, but really the, the mission is, is helping people, helping people respond differently to the stresses that are constantly coming at them, whether it's from the screens that are the screens that are pulling their attention, the distractions that come from that, the buzzing, the buzzing phone in your pocket, you know, the, the pressure that, that we're all under and, you know, in, you know, 21st century America, like we're all under, we're all constantly being pulled away from where we, you know, pulled away from ourselves and our attention is the most valuable thing. Like that's the reason that a company like Facebook is so valuable is because they can, because they have made a science out of taking your attention and, the and the way that you take someone's attention is you give them little bits of like little neurotransmitters right a little bit of stress here a little bit of a little bit of uh a little bit of dopamine there and all of us and on all of a sudden you've got somebody addicted to it and what we're what what we're doing with rpr and, and what i think a lot of a lot of people are doing and very mindfully in this industry right now is they're helping people find a little bit of space so that they can so that they can choose whether or not to be distracted and that's a really um that at the end of the day that's that's like people are happier when they're not distracted people are happier when they're connected and and that ultimately is like we're trying to help people find that space so that they're not on edge all the time and, and that's what we do yeah no that's great i, I appreciate you sharing and, and, and kind of explaining that out and, and what i love about it is and we're not going to get too much into the um you know, the X's and O's of, of RPR and how it works. And, and I'll make sure there's links and, and we can, uh, anyone listening can check it out in more detail. And, and I encourage everyone to, cause it's really fascinating stuff. Uh, but what I love about the impact show and, and what we want to accomplish and the mission of the show is to help, you know, anyone listening, increase the impact they have. And the, the word that just in, in our conversations and even the answer you just gave about what, what is RPR 
um, and how can we use it was that, that word mindful and being able to create space to, to understand yourself, understand your environment. And I think as we look at just this, this concept of, of having an impact and adding value to others, it's something that I know you're passionate about is, is understanding yourself so that we, we can have empathy so that we can relate well and truly add value to others. So can, can you give me a, a little bit of a sense of um, just how that approach, how you've seen it have an impact outside of just the physical RPR training? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and also my own, personal background I've spent time in a bunch of different places among among which I've you know I've led sales teams and software companies I've done like I've, I've had a really varied background but that through line is really about how do we you know how do we and I'll, like most recently as a massage therapist like how do we you know foster that knowledge of self and the reason that's so important to me is because if you don't have a strong sense of yourself, if you don't have a strong sense of like who you are when who you are when you don't have your phone and you don't have other people to contextualize yourself, if you don't have a strong sense of that, your identity is going to be defined by the people that are by the people that are around you. Someone with an agenda is going to put you into a role unless you, uh, into a role that will be your identity unless you unless you make a choice of who you're of what your identity is so that you can then play roles. And I think that might be a little bit kind of two things sitting on top of each other, but I think it's, it's, it's the separation of, of your identity, like your capital S self, and, and the roles that you play. Um, it's very easy to become one-dimensional in that. In, in, and I don't mean that pejoratively, I don't mean that negatively, but you know, I see a lot of that, a lot of times, um, people who in this environment, for instance, people who are teachers, people who are strength coaches, that's the, that is their identity. You know, they are, they almost, and it's like, put it to an extreme, like they are their training plan. They are their classroom. And the, and that means that something that says that like new knowledge, new knowledge, new information that changes the context in which that in which that identity exists so you know whether it's um you know it's it, you know coach twitter right like everyone loves arguing about like two-legged squats or one-legged squats yep. right like that the if if your identity is that two-legged squat that one-legged squat becomes becomes a threat to your identity and people entrench against that um and and so it's I think it's very it's it's very important to have your to have your roots set strong within yourself, so that some other so that when when that conversation happens, you can say like, well, what is it that like why is this person so passionate about this? What is it that may that has brought this person to a different a different end stage than the one I'm at? What can I learn from that? That's um, that's why like if you don't know yourself, you're kind of you're if you don't have a mooring, all of those things are all of those outside influences become threats. And if you have a strong mooring, all of them, um, there's a, an amazing power in choosing how, how and whether to, uh, to assimilate any of those ideas, how they apply, how they measure against your values and the attributes of yourself and how to apply them. And like, and that root, like that root in yourself, like that's, that also draws people in like that, that self-knowledge is like, that's the root of being a charismatic leader of, of a charismatic leader of, of self. It, self is the first one. Yeah. That's everything else kind of, everything else comes out from there. Something we talk about a lot about in RPR. We talk about the idea of one, two, three, where your, you know, your body moves from the middle out and your world operates from the middle out. Um, so that, that's why I think it's just so, so important. And so if someone is uh, in a position where, where you're talking about, hey, you become, your identity becomes what you do, you know, with a coach, strength coach, if someone's living in that world right now, how do, how do they go about really that discovery process to know their values and, and, and are, there, are there things that, that people can do to be more mindful about, all right, let me take a step back. How do I, how do I get back to, to really understand and know because I may just be lost in the clutter right now 
uh, what are some things that you've seen either personally or with people that you work with uh, in order to, to kind of do that reset and, and make sure that they get back to their footing so that they can start building that um, just baseline for, for every relationship they have? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Cause that's, you know, that's getting the rubber to the road. Yeah. Um, but I, the, I, I think there are two people that have written about this that have done, that have done, re, that have given really beautiful explanations. Um, and I'll, I'll probably end up throwing a bunch of book recs in here, but um, the first, the first one is, um, you know, to get an idea to, from a nuts and bolts standpoint, I, uh, Brene Brown's uh, Braving the Wilderness. I think that's like, that was a, that's a really, really beautiful way to, to, to realize that, to, to go through that. It's um, because it is going through the process of self-discovery can be very isolating and it can be very scary. Um, but I, but at the same time, it's also the only way, like you can only, you can't win someone else's race. And the only way to, the only way to win your own race is to know what your race is. And you can only do that by kind of looking inward. So I think the greatest, the, the best first place to start is to kind of go through and, and a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of like business coaches that will go through this idea of saying like going through the, uh, the perfect day experiment like, mm -hmm. and like, and taking it, taking apart, like what are the attributes of your absolute perfect day? And the way that I've, the way that I've thought about that is like, is if you're kind of, if you're, if you're stuck in the weeds, look at the day, like think back to the best day that you've had, like the best day that you've had recently, like recent enough that you can kind of, that you, you can really pull, you can pull all the, all the threads in that day. Um, and like, you know, a lot of people will say like, you know, it's, it's like, okay, it was that time that, you know, maybe it was the time that we won state, right? Like you're obviously, you're not going to win state every day. Mm -hmm. But think about, but well, what happened from the, the minute that you woke up to the minute that you went to sleep that day? You probably went to bed early, probably had a good night's sleep. You probably, you, you probably woke up with a, you woke up knowing what you wanted to do that day. You knew what that day could hold. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously like, you know, a big event, like a, like a championship meet is going to be like, is a, like, that's like, like cap, capital B, capital E big event. But but what makes that so powerful is that it's a purpose. Like, okay, so I need every, like, I want to go to bed every night knowing that my next day has a purpose for it. Um, that's, that's something that can be, that's something you can cultivate. And then you felt, and then, you know, you were, you, you got to get, like, it was your team together. Like, okay, so there was connection there. You no, know, there was there was a there was a shared purpose. There was a common purpose, and, and so it's, and you can extrapolate that out through the whole day. Like, oh, there was struggle. There was hard. There was we did something hard together, right? Like, okay, so like you know, again, not like every every day is not going to have every day isn't game day, but every day there's like, but but every day you can you can try and do something. You can you can work towards something that's work towards something important. You can do something that's challenging with other people. That's like, that's how I, I, I would, I would really, that's where I would start. I would start with that. It's just taking that first day, taking that perfect, that, that great day, taking that and taking that apart and then and, applying that. And, and I think it was interesting just from reading even, even your article about, you know, kind of stacking your deck and that, what that perfect day looks like and just the, the concept, uh, which, which even you mentioned it, it is, is, you maybe didn't come up with it, but th this is just how uh, you've been able to uh, extrapolate that information and say, this is how we're framing it. But you mentioned that you, you came up with the, the concept or developed your framework for that concept, not on necessarily what that good time looked like, but you kind of drew it from the, the fact that you had a plan through difficult times or negative, you know, situations and, and how to react, but needing to have a plan for when things are going well. So can you, can you give me a little more background and just how, how the whole concept came to be and, and why you feel there's a need of that? You know, it, it seems an easy concept, but it's often not something that comes to mind that this whole idea of 
How do I recreate some of those things and, uh, and build off those? Why are we not doing that more often? And why is there a need um, to, to bring this mindset into to every day? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so for me in my background and like in that article, I talk a little bit about where I came from. Um, and for me, it was like, I, I realized it, it was the, it was kind of the, the light bulb moment was realizing that when things were going poorly, I had a really good inventory of like, I had a really good inventory to, that, to say like, to get myself out of tough times. Um, you know, I, I have a tendency, like when I'm having a difficult time mentally or emotionally, my tendency is to, my tendency is to turn inward. And because of that, because of that, that, that pull inward, I end up isolating myself from other people. It turns out that one of the things that makes me feel best is not being isolated. So there's this, like, there's this paradox of like, time I want to do something, what I really need to do is the opposite of that something. And, and so that, that started this um, path of saying like, okay, so I have all these, like, I felt shiftless when everything felt like it was running. Okay. I kind of felt like I didn't have a, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. Um, which is a really odd, which is an odd feeling. Um, and so kind of pulling that apart and saying like, okay, so it seems like I've got a really good plan for bad, but I don't have a, I don't have a plan for good. Um, and then kind of dive into some of the, like some of the, some studies and some, there's some studies on like how, um, like, like extrapolating from the extremes to the middle, but, um, uh, people who have severe, um, uh, especially childhood, uh, childhood, uh, traumatic stress, they will, the part of their brain that goes offline or works differently from the brain than kind of a, a quote unquote normal brain is the ability to, um, is the, the ability to um, sequence time. So it's the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. So a little spot like right above your left ear. And for people who have, who have severe trauma in their background, the re, like one of, the, one of the attributes that, they ha- that, that exists is they, they lose the sense of when this bad feeling can stop. So they lose that, they, they lose the perception of, they, they have a feeling of permanence. And, and there are ways that they, and you know, the, 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 best, the best treatments for that sort of, for that sort of, um, for that sort of trauma are, are tools that, that kind of spur that, the, the, that part of the brain into, um, into, into action and, and it's best into a, into a better way because you can, you, can, you can rebuild it. So if that's what we're looking at the, at the extremes, uh, when we bring, when we extrapolate the extremes to the middle of, you know, I don't have like major big T trauma in my childhood, but like, I also, but I also know when I feel, when I, when I feel low, when I feel bad, it feels like it's going to feel like that forever. Mm-hmm. When I feel good, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's going to be forever. And so, uh, and so like as a survive as a me- mechanism of like, of survival, like, you know, developing tools that remind me that like this bad feeling isn't forever was really, really, really helpful. But then it's like, okay, so I have a tool to get myself out of a ditch. What can I do to keep myself from getting into the ditch in the first place? And then it was like, okay, how do I, how do we then like, how do we then shift everything? Or how do we, how do we shift it from doing less doing, instead of just doing less bad, how do we do more good is kind of the, is, is the thought process that I went through. And yeah, a little more of a of an offensive versus defensive approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, I had a great I had a I had a great boss one time who was like he was a he was a coach. He was like the director of a sales team of the sales team that I was on. He's like he's like look, my job I have two jobs. One is to keep you out. One is to one is to bail you out of ditches, and the other one is to make sure you never fall into the same ditch twice. And <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's pretty brilliant, Chris. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the whole thing is like, just like you mentioned, it's, it's easy to have this plan of, of how do, how do I deal with adversity? I think even from the, from the athletic side, there's a sense of, you know, how do I develop you know, grit, perseverance, mental toughness, some of these things of making sure there's a strategy to look at when I'm going through difficult times and, it always seems like we're just reacting to those bad times. Now we can own our response 
and, and we can be mindful about it. But you're taking it a step further and saying, well, I still need to do those things, but how can I be more proactive in saying, what are some ways where I'm, I'm going to avoid that altogether, or I'm going to make sure that I set myself up to the point of, um, I, I build positive momentum. So even when those struggles do come, I can still have that response, be mindful of it, but I, I'm coming from a place where I'm not worn down, beaten down. I, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going and what success looks like and I can get there. Right. Um, so I think that's, it's really important. And, and you've mentioned in, um, and even the article that, that you wrote on the subject and, and just from our talking together, uh, you know, this concept of just taking some time, taking a step back to look at, you know, like you mentioned that perfect day and what are some things that happened? How do I just look at those things and start to notice patterns? How has your, in a sense, deck to, to use that, that stack the deck terminology, how has that changed over time? and Kind of, kind of evolved as you look at, uh, I, I may have right now, this, this is what that day looks like. Uh, but, I, but I have a feeling that as you continue to just, just grow and learn more about yourself uh, and even move between different roles and, and backgrounds and knowledge, it's not going to be a stagnant thing. It's going to be something that's always, you know, kind of being changed and, and growing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's like, it's, it comes from a, it, you know, I, I think first, first and foremost, like it's not, it's not static. It's emphatically not static. New things are like, I'm constantly reassessing it. And part of that reassessment is active reassess is, is an active reassessment. Like I used to, for instance, I, I practice transcendental meditation, which, um, as it's taught is two 20 minute, like two 20 minute blocks of, of sitting, of sitting quietly and some mantra driven meditation mm -hmm. um, for, for a long time, for, for about two years, two years, I was doing that. I was doing that twice a day and I took, I actually stopped doing it entirely for, for a little while, probably not, not too long of a while, but you know, a few months of just not doing, of just not doing it. kind of, kind of didn't feel so hot. And so I decided, and so it's like, okay, well, if, do, if you know, dropping it, dropping it seems like it was not the right choice, but do I need to do it twice? And, and just, and like now I do, like I, I generally have, I have a morning meditation. I don't do a midday meditation, although I think some of the, like I'll do a midday walk and that is, a, I think that could be a form, that can be a form of like moving meditation, mm -hmm. but it's, but it, it, it became, it, but I feel great just doing that once a day. So that was a, so the whole process of that was initially I was like, oh, like, and I found transcendental meditation, meditation and because I was having panic attacks uh, and I was having panic attacks because I had a huge amount of pressure on, pressure on me in, my, in, a, in a former job. And it's like, okay, well, here's a tactic that can address, like, here's a tactic that can show up and address a bad, a bad time. And then does it also, is it, is it a strong enough tactic that it's, is it, is it a tactic that's, that's transferable to not only getting me out of bad times, but also helping me in good, helping me be better in good times. So there's a constant re there's a constant reassessment and, and it's always being, it's a matter of being open to finding things that serve versus things that don't and, and not being in love with the, not being in love with the tactic, but being in love with the, but, I almost like I almost said being in love with the framework, but I don't even think that's necessarily right. It's just being mindful of being mindful of where my of, of how I'm choosing to spend my time, and and even as simple as that of just saying like not mindful of where my time goes, not mindful, not being mindful of of my time, but mindful of how I choose to spend my time. Just that mm -hmm. phrasing is like is a very like that phrasing. Those words are intentional. Yeah. It's a matter of like. Every minute, every minute from when you, when you choose to get up to wake up to when you choose to go to sleep, every minute is, is a choice. Like, and, and I, think, I think people end up with this, like, with this uh, I think a lot of people will end up with this almost Sophie's choice of saying like, oh, I, I don't have the time for that because I have to X, Y, Z. Like X, Y, Z are also choices that you've made. You know, like, like, I, like 
you have to like even all the way up to I have to provide for my I have to provide for my family. It's like no, you're choosing to provide for your family, yeah. and that's a positive that's a positive choice. Your choice to have a family to provide for is a choice. It's a positive choice based on, and it's probably one that if you were to go back to your go back to the values that drive your life, it's probably it probably aligns with those values. So knowing that, like knowing that everything that you do is that every every decision that you make throughout the day is a decision, and how much power that means you have on your in your own life, those are like those those are kind of the those are just a bunch of things that that come to mind as we start thinking thinking through the idea of that the idea that's uh, the idea of that stack, and mm-hmm. and just being it, it, it kind of takes away the just. I think the natural tendency to go on autopilot and not go through events and just daily tasks and realize that, Hey, there's a choice that was involved here. And I love how you're saying, Hey, uh, you have to know not only what you were doing, how you're spending time, spending your time, but you're all, you're also kind of paying attention to how you felt. Um, you know, some of those other factors in there, because I think it seems like there's some, even some experimentation along with it of saying, what does work for me? And we can naturally say, well, I I go and, uh, you know, I I go and watch TV because it helps me decompress. And I I feel good during that. Like, all right, do you really feel good? Or is that just something that you do because it takes your mind off of it? Um, You know, and then actually taking a look at that and saying, well, no, I'm just, nothing's happening during that time. You're choosing to, you know, in, in a sense, you know, waste time or, or have unmindful time. Whereas as looking at, all right, what, what would actually bring me more value during that same time or help? Did I notice that I was in a a good mood after that time? Was I tired? Was I energetic? Was I, you know, all those things. I think that's, it's just a really awesome concept to stop living on autopilot and and, and take a little bit more charge to how you're spending time. So I think we all want to be more, uh, productive and we want to be more mindful and we can lay out the schedule of, of things that someone else does. And I, I think I, I've been guilty of that before. And I'm sure a lot of people have of just saying, well, this worked for so-and-so I'm going to go try the same thing and it's going to work. And all of a sudden you realize that, well, I, I didn't have the same experiences from, from that deck. I'm using someone else's and, and thinking that I would get the same results. But uh, if I actually break it down, there's a bunch of stuff in there that, doesn't come natural for me or doesn't have the same effect on me. And all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're not, we're not just taking time to listen to ourselves. So I think that's what I really enjoy about this concept is it's, it's not following anyone else. It's really, you're kind of building that own, your own deck. And I think there's a couple things even in there that, you, you've listed out what are some things that work for you. Uh, I, I know I'm going to include some links to some things you've written on the subject, but uh, you know, you, you mentioned the meditation. What are some other things that are a part of stacking the deck for you uh, personally? And um, if you just want to share a couple that may be, you know, more top of mind right now, just be, just because you, you're having to be more mindful of them or maybe some ones that have kind of shifted more recently. Sure. sure. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, one that shifts for me constantly is so, so a couple of big ones for me are, um, um, sleep, uh, sleep is obviously like number one. Everyone's got a million reasons that sleep's important for me. I just like, I, it's like, I like, and like, you can talk about it talk about like, you can go real deep into, into like building a perfect sleep, uh, like perfect sleep ritual with perfect sleep hygiene and all that stuff. But like, I just know that like, if I get a good night's sleep. My day is going to be better. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just as simple. It's as simple as that. And, and like, and it's not, and it's not making a, not making a big deal out of it, but just saying like, yeah, you know, like hot shower, throw a book, like grab a, grab a book and like, and it's, and like you know, try and have as little, like a little, as little extra light in the room as possible. Like that's, that's really all I care about. Yeah. Um, but so sleep's a big one for me. Um, you know, doing, doing RPR, like that's probably not a surprise, but like, I, you know, there's a couple of, there's, it's something that I find is really useful in transition times. Um, you know, whether it's like, you know, it's like, all like 
my wife and I will walk to the train. She takes the train into, into the city for work and we walk to the train together and I'll be like, I'll be like rubbing my, I'll be like doing the, doing the wake up drills while we're, while we're walking. Um, doing it in transition times, I find, I find centers me really nicely when I go into those other things. Um, exercise, and exercise is a really interesting one. Because I, I was following, a, I'd follow, I'd had a coach for a long time. Followed a followed a training, a very a specific training plan for, you know, for years. I, I'd had, uh, I've been doing, I've been doing that, and I, and what I, I eventually, I, like, probably about five six months ago, um, stopped working with a coach. Started training, started training myself, but like, but was just sort of, but had a very prescriptive uh, self-prescriptive approach to it and it didn't it didn't work super well um so i ended up taking so what i've done more recently is uh, i've actually taken i i've i've taken the framework of a training of a training program that has worked for me in the past i've taken that framework and i've basically like given myself like you got to do these you got to do these two things and then like here's some other stuff like you're going to do something that's like rotational you're going to do something that is you're going to do you're going to do a pull here right like and and just taking those like you know taking those those hard barriers off but still having a framework um that that's been really helpful because if i walk into a gym and i don't have a plan i just look around and i'm like i don't even understand why but as soon as i've got like just the found as soon as i and and if i have a very specific drawn out like, here's everything you need to do I feel suffocated by it unless I'm training for something. But I found a, I found this sweet spot of saying like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to do something hard and I'm going to give myself freedom to do some other things that are kind of hard. And that's really, that's really, really, that, that's been really helpful. And then the last thing is uh, the last one that comes to mind. Um, actually, I'm going to give two more that come to mind. Reading. Um, mm-hmm is a big one for me. And there's always like, you know, there, there's a, there's a couple of good conversations like, uh, like Travis Mash, Brett Bartholomew and I were like tweeting at each other uh, uh, yesterday where Brett's like, you know, Brett's talking about how like, you know, if you like, like learn all you want, but you got to put, you, you got to use it. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I think I agree with that. But I agree with the idea that it's not a race to read the most books. But at the same time, like Joyce Carol Oates said this, and I quoted, I put it in the, that blog post, like, reading is the sole means by which we slip involuntarily and often helplessly into another's skin, another's voice, and another's soul. Um, I, I love that because it's, you know, reading is the way that we can, ex- we can live, we can live by care, we can, we can see the world through so many different eyes and through so many different lenses and through so many different people's experiences. That reading itself is a great way to foster connection with other people asynchronously. It's a it's a huge one. So I love reading. Just love it. Um, and then hard work finding something that's finding something that's difficult and finding a way to finding a way to make it happen. That's been like the best thing about working for RPR is that like you know it's like you kind of walk in and you've got like you walk in and it's like oh we got a lot of people that are coming to these clinics but you know, we, we kind of want to figure out how we, how do we make this, how do we make some, make this into something bigger than what it is? How do we make, how do we make, how do we make one plus one plus one, not equal three? How do we make one plus one plus one equal seven? And that's like, and, and that's a, that's a really hard task to figure out, but it's also really fun to try, to try and do something that's hard that somebody hasn't done before. And that's like, that like nothing makes me feel more nothing makes me feel more alive uh it's hard to get down on myself when i'm solving interesting problems you know yeah no that's great i appreciate you sharing um and it kind of leads me to one of one of the tactics that you mentioned was human connection and i think just as i've gotten a chance to interview several people on on this show uh, and we talk about just developing relationships um, not only with those that you lead and, and serve, but but even just how do how do we grow as professionals and, and making sure that we can continue to to spend time and sharpen one another and, and build one another up, I think is important. Um, but I, I think myself included, I'm sure several people listening, uh, and you even mentioned, you know, 
isolating yourself and and that's something that may come naturally to, to isolate yourself more. If you're, if you're introverted and you're like, Hey, I, I love to consume content and read and do all those things. Um, but you're, you're missing the human connection. Can you speak a little bit to, uh, why you need it regardless of whether it brings you, you know, more life, uh, and you consider yourself kind of always someone that wants to be around other people versus, uh, even as someone that, prefers to kind of work alone and maybe a little more introverted. Why is it so important to have human connection as part of that, uh, that perfect day, that, um, that deck that you're stacking to make sure that you're performing on all cylinders. That's yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic question. Um, and, and I think like, you know, the short answer is that like we're social, like we are social animals. We are tribal, we're tribal creatures. We, we exist like the only reason that that human being like human beings evolve as society evolved in societies and that is and that's something that we it's something that we crave like you can look at the you can look at all those terrible psychology tests that were done with rhesus monkeys in the in the in the mid-20th century of like of like you know how do we like how we attach to uh to other human to to how we how, how important attachment and connection is for uh for us so but but with that said like you know that's kind of almost a glib answer even like it's it's not like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to say that we're social animals. um but i've always thought i've always thought of myself as more of an introvert and, and i think there and i think that that's true in so far as i need to it takes i need to have alone time to make my to make my to in order to feel com- comfortable and to have to recharge my energies, but I, what I've realized as I've spent time with it, and I, I challenge anybody who define if anybody who defines themselves as an introvert or as an extrovert, I think there I think you, I think in both cases you're selling yourself short, and I would challenge you to I would I would challenge you to look at the, to think about it this way. Are there circumstances under which you prefer introversion and then circumstances under which you prefer extroversion? People who, people who end up in weight rooms, a lot of times, like people who end up working in weight rooms, a lot of times will, will talk about themselves as introverts, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's nothing those people love more than seeing one of their, seeing, you know, especially if you're working with high school kids, you've got kids for four years like seeing the development of uh, of a, a child to an adult from when they when they come in a, they come in a, out out of eighth grade and before they and as they're graduating like that human connection is something that's probably very very important like i, I can't imagine somebody is i can't i can't re, i can i can genuinely not imagine somebody dealing with working in a public school if they don't also love kids and love working with other human beings which I, I I would categorize that as a, as an as an as a as an extra as a tendency towards extroversion. So I think that there's I think it's 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 instead of having a hard line, it's really about it's about finding the circumstances under which you want to be introverted and you want to be extroverted. And 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 for me, that that um, I, I think I think a great example is going to going to conferences, going to like those big like big the big like sport or strength conferences. I think those are a great example because I I love those because they're an opportunity to learn from somebody, right? Like Andrea Hoodie's in the front of the room. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna listen, even though I don't coach basketball. Like I don't I don't I don't get people strong to play sports. Like, but I'm gonna listen to I'm gonna listen to every word she says, and like and and that's like that's something I, I love because I get to hear other people ask questions and I get to I get to listen to that. But the time between presentations and the socials, those are like those are my vision of hell. Like unless I like unless I like unless I, I like know people and I'm really connected with people, the idea there there are a few things that make me feel more alone than standing in a room with a hundred other people where I'm not talking where they're talking to each other and I'm not talking. So for me, the like it, I have a, a I have a hard time just like shooting the breeze with people, but like as you can tell over the past you know over this over this conversation, it's pretty easy for me to to, to get me talking. But I, it's because there's an objective. 
And so for me, like when I work with a massage client, like the intake is easy for me. It's a, we've got a goal. I used to train people when they come in for the first time, it was easy. Oh, it's like, it's helping them, helping them, help, helping them put words onto what they, what they want out of the time that we're spending together. If, um, if I'm shooting, this, shooting with the stranger, with a shooting the breeze with a stranger, that's hard. It's not bad. It's hard and it's okay. I just need to recognize that and then plan around it. So, and, and like, and, and so like, so going back to the conference, you know, if there's the, like the conference social, like odds are pretty good that I'm going to like try and find like two or three people beforehand to be like, Hey, do you want to like, are you going to the social? Do you mind? Like, do you want to like, do you want to head over that? Like, when are you heading over meeting up with them outside the room and walking in together with somebody already having a conversation? Because that's going to, because that's going to help me. That's, that's just, I've recognized this is something that's hard for me and this is how I deal with it. And, and so it's just, I, I really just strongly challenge anybody that, that thinks of themselves as an introvert or an extrovert to think about, like, think about the circumstances under which the opposite is true. Um, because the same, it's the same case for people who, who, identify, who identify primarily as extroverts. There are times that you need to be alone and that you need to be working on your own. And, you know, what do you, like, what's scary about that time? What's painful about that time? And then finding ways to address those things. Like there are, there are apps that you can use. Like if you need to like, if you don't want to like, if you don't want to work alone, like you can actually, like there's apps you can use where like you can have like, you can like sign up, like sign up and say like, I'm going to work on, I'm going to be working at this time. And you put on like a video conference with somebody, with somebody else you're not talking to each other, but you're actually just, you're both just getting work done, but there's just another human being's presence there. It's, it's fascinating how like, once you start, once you start realizing that it's not, there's not a big problem with you, but there are places that you are more or less comfortable, you can start to cultivate those through the, through awareness. And again, it all, all like everything, it all comes back to being aware of yourself and being mindful of how you feel and, you know, the way that you exist in the world. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like you, you have, this need you need the connectedness but then yeah there you may look at it and say all right well then i need to make sure that i'm also planning that downtime or else my interaction time is not going to be effective because yeah. i'm going to be burned out in a bad situation and this isn't bringing me life but if i know there's a purpose like you said uh, if i know there's an objective to some of my conversations and interaction that i need and i know that i've gone ahead and, and planned out some of that downtime as well yep. it, it's going to keep me moving forward which i think is important um yeah. and the, the other reason i just and to kind of close up a little bit and wrap up the conversation because I, I think there's a lot of different things we can take away uh you're sharing some great insight and information which i love um but it kind of fits with you know i did a a short just kind of segment this, this past weekend on um, the formula for change and uh, just talking about how dissatisfaction times vision times first steps is greater than resistance and just going through that formula a little bit of, of um, how all of those components need to come together. But at the end of the day, it still needs to be greater than the resistance or obstacles that you face. So when you look at this whole concept of, of planning out your day, being mindful of where you're at your best and putting yourselves in those situations, I think not only are, are you making steps to overcome obstacles, but you, you're also in some ways removing some of the resistance by replacing yeah. those things with mindful situations or tasks or habits, whatever that looks like. Um, but I know it's, it's, it's hard to start, right? That, that first yeah. step part of it is tough where you're like, well, I'm just reacting to circumstances. I, I can't put all these things in place because of all the stuff I have to do or get done or my job forces me to be in this setting more often, whatever it may be. Um, how, how have you found just the ability to, to start small and, and grow and, and maybe what, what's just leave, leave the audience with a couple things that you can do to start building this stack for, for themselves. Um, is, is there a number of things that you need to do or, or what, what are some factors they can look at to start answering you know, maybe some questions or starting this exercise so that they listen to this episode, they 
they leave here and can start putting together a plan right now. Um, because I think, especially even, even just myself, I come away from this saying, all right, there's a, there's a few things I need to walk myself through of, I, I'm just letting myself, uh, being dictated by my, my circumstances. Uh, so I know I'm going to walk away from here with, with some new knowledge and, and try to apply it. So if there's one last way to just maybe just share with, with all of us how we can, um, take those first steps and how you've seen just this whole concept help overcome some of those obstacles that tend to either get in our way or throw us off course. Mm, yeah. Um, so like the first thing that I really loved is like the idea of resistance. Um, that was that the idea of resistance is something that I, I learned from like uh, Stephen Pressfield in uh, turning pro in the war of art. Both, both of those books are just phenomenal and they're very easy, short reads and they're very digestible. I would really encourage anybody to put their face in that book and those books, they're really wonderful. Um, I, I love the idea of resistance. Um, so one of the, like, so, so probably, and this is, this might seem trite and like overly simple, but I think the easiest thing that you can do is lay down on your back Put, bend your knees so your so your feet are flat on the your feet are flat on the ground. Put your hand on put your put the palm of your hand on your belly with your thumb like your thumb on your belly button and then your hand right below it, and just breathe in through your nose, not through your mouth, a few times. Just take a few just take a few breaths and pay attention to what it feels like. That's that I think is the that's that those breaths right there. Just taking a few, taking a few breaths in a quiet room in a in a in a comfortable position, that's that's where that's the right place to start, because that's that is there's there's nothing more there's nothing more foundational than just a, than just taking those few breaths. That's where I, that's where I would start. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I again appreciate you just sharing this this concept that that I think you've been able to apply in your own life, and just the way that you are able to look at um, just this concept of how how do I overcome adversity instead of looking at more of the how to deal with the negative, focused on making sure that we are setting ourselves up properly. I think is a as you said a, a mindset shift and. Um, just requires us to be more intentional about uh, thinking about what we're doing, how we're feeling through things uh, and, and able to make, in a sense, more informed decisions based off of that because uh, we're not just acting on impulse. So, um, so thank you for your wisdom and for sharing. And I know you, you, you dropped a couple book references in there. I'll make sure that um, I, I can link listeners up with just some of the resources that you're reading um, and, and finding value in so that others can, you know, click through, be able to, you know, eat one, take first steps with this, learn more about RPR, but also uh, just gain some insight into what's challenging you right now, what's helping you learn and grow right now. Um, because again, with in this industry, uh, we just want to share as much information, connect with each other. Uh, and I, I think that uh, if there's any listeners that that would love to, to pick your brain or, or know more about uh, how to apply some of these things that you're talking about i want to make sure they can get in touch with you so i'll, I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well yeah absolutely right, thanks so much jeff if there's anything how, how would people what is the easiest way to find you um or or connect with you uh i'll let you kind of share that you know now now over the air but then like i said i'll put in the show notes as well yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. And I, I like, this is something that like, this is, this kind of concept is the cornerstone of pretty much everything that I do in my life. So anything that and I welcome conversation, I want, I want to, I don't want this to be a one directional. I don't want this to be one directional. Um, easy ways to find me um, uh, on Twitter at Jeffrey Bramhall, uh, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-B-R-A-M-H-A-L-L. Um, Instagram, J Bram Hall. Um, you can email me Jeff at reflexiveperformance.com. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always down to, I'm always down to chat about this stuff. This, these are the things like, you know, this is the stack in my deck, human connection. This is one yep. of the human connection. Another one of the stack in the decks learning. Guess what? That's when all these conversations are. Yep. 
Well, well, I'm glad I could knock out two of them in, in this in this one hour for you. So I feel like I'm uh, I'm contributing to a good day for you. So I feel good about myself today. Uh, I woke up today psyched. I, I woke up psyched <laughs> about what today was going to look like, and 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 this is great. And and I, I really really do appreciate you having you taking the time time with this. And, and Matt, I, I I I admire what you're doing. I admire who you're, who you're serving. So. You know, oh, no, I, I appreciate it. I think, and you, and just to bring bring home one last point, what you just said, you wake up excited when when you stack your deck and and you really plan your day around, you know, what's adding value to yourself and to others. Uh, it, it makes it fun, <laughs> and, yeah. and you don't look at your day and just, oh man, I got to do all this today. Um, so man, if that's if that's the one takeaway from this whole conversation is that you get to go into each day being excited because of the connections that you're going to make and the things that you're going to learn and how you're going to feel. Why would you not start taking steps to, to be more mindful and, and start to put this into practice? So uh, again, I'm motivated from it. Um, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate you. And uh, uh, thanks so much for, for joining me on the show today. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview conversation with Jeff Bramhall. Like I mentioned, he brings a unique perspective, and I just really enjoyed diving into a few different topics with him, not only learning more about RPR, which I know is something that I definitely want to check out. I'm I'm going to be taking the the Level 1 online courses. I recommend you do as well. Make sure you check out the show notes for information on how to get a discount through a promo code uh, with the Impact Show. Uh, but just you know, knowing that there's there's little things you can do within transitions and walking that um, can help you feel better and move better, which is really like I mentioned on the show, something that can add value to any training program, no matter what you're doing. So I think it's just another tool you can have in your tool belt, and then there's system that you can feel comfortable using or learning more about. And then just some of what uh, Jeff mentioned on on knowing yourself and taking time to uh, just take a mindful approach into impacting others, I think is important. Uh, and then and then most importantly, what I wanted to share on some of the, the main takeaways, there was something that Jeff mentioned in our conversation that that really hit me when he talked about this this concept of, you know, how to have a plan for when things are going good and how to replicate that. And again, it's not a, a new philosophy, uh, but I think he frames it well and maybe a little bit differently than, than I've seen from some others. But when we, when we look at that and how we can set ourselves up for success, the one thing that he mentioned was that it gets you excited for your day. You wake up with a sense of purpose knowing that you are going to accomplish something today. You know, and it may not be that you're, you're playing in the championship that day. And obviously those are days where, yeah, you're excited to get up because you know you've got something big ahead of you. And But how do we replicate that every single day? And I, I think it's just important to to notice that when, when Jeff was talking, uh, there has to be a why. And we talk a lot about that on the show of, of knowing your why and keeping that in front of you. Uh, a few interviews ago, uh, I, I hope you remember Carnati Ford, and he talked about how he keeps his mission statement in front of him at all times. And that's something that helps him in every situation, as whatever he's going through. And, and I think if we're able to do that, we can go in with more excitement. But I think Something else that we can look at is just this idea of how can we start each day with a level of excitement? And one of the, the things that Jeff does to stack his deck is to challenge himself, to give himself something difficult to do. And I know that that may seem counterintuitive. Of why, why would I want to do something hard? Don't I want it easy and I can have success and reach success easily? But there's something that drives us about a task that we know is difficult and requires a lot of effort. So one thing that I do, uh, and this is something that kind of got me into journaling a little bit because I don't naturally do that, uh, but also helps me start my day and throughout my day be as productive and energetic as possible. Uh, I started going through uh, what I call the, the P4 playbook, and that's uh, the, the four P's that I take with me throughout the day and write some notes out throughout the day. And the first, for me, is pray. I, I begin each morning and just write some things that I'm praying for. And, and as you've heard on the show probably several times, uh, my, my faith is uh, central to who I am. 
And so I know that beginning the day connected with God and praying about things that are going on in my lives or other other lives, uh, I think is, is so important. And it begins my day just being able to, to realize who God is, uh, how the needs of others are put above myself, but then bring things that I know are important that I can't do on my own, that I need his help. So first and foremost, that is, that is the, the first P that I start my day with. Then perform. And, and this is where I think taking Jeff's terminology really comes into play because I really try to write down what is one big item that I can accomplish that day. And it's something that I know is going to move the needle forward in whatever I'm looking to do. I know it may be difficult, uh, but it makes me excited. It's, it's my get out of bed task or, or thing that I need to do. Maybe it's a person I need to talk to or a meeting or a project to finish. But that really drives me throughout the day, knowing that I have something to look forward to that I know if I get that done, it's a big deal. And it's also a challenge because it may require a lot of effort and intentionality. But for me, that that drives me that day. And if I don't have something written down, I just kind of coast through. And so I think that perform part uh, fits in so well with how can you stack your deck. Make sure that something's on your schedule every single day. And if you don't think you, you have something, you do. There is something, even if it seems small, it may be a big item that without intentionality you wouldn't do. And put it down. Write it down so you keep it in front of you that day. The third P for me is is persist. And that means that's just where I write my task for the day. Things that I know I need to get done, uh, but maybe you otherwise will forget. Or things that I, I know that I'll, I'll put off otherwise, but it, it feels good to be able to check something off the list. So that ends up being kind of my ongoing task list for the day or the week that I keep in front of me. So nothing huge there, but again, there's things that you need to get done. And sometimes just being organized with your thoughts and writing those tasks down helps you be more productive and also schedule your time better. And then really, I try to do all three of those in the morning. And then the fourth one for me is praise. So uh, just taking a look at the end of the day and having this attitude of gratitude and thankfulness um, and just giving praise to God for everything that is going on that day or that I'm blessed with. And it just helps me keep a perspective, realizing that um, even if things seem tough or if I had a long day, a hard day, there should always be the ability to list a few things that I'm thankful for or that I know have been a blessing to me. And I know that if, if those four components are in every day. I mean, there's so many other things to, to stacking my deck. And, uh, and I know I keep saying that concept, but it is something that I am going to take out of our interview and start implementing immediately of how can I uh, organize my day to make sure that I'm set up for success. And, and I love the concept. And um, this whole P4 playbook that I have for myself is a huge part of it for me personally. So I want to make sure that that's something that you guys know that works for me. It may it may be something completely different for you, um, but I think it's a part of what came to mind for me of how can I stack my deck and and build that perfect day. Really, what I wanted to share is just my insight to that and something that personally I'm doing to make sure that uh, each day I have intentionality and purpose to what I do, and that gets me excited. And, and it keeps my mission and vision in front of me. And, uh, you know, I just, I just hope that you have something like that in your life. Um, and, and I think some of the examples that you'll see in Jeff's article, which is in the show notes, that there's certainly many things for, from working out to uh, reading to all those different things. Um, man, a lot of days I know it's just, hey, if I get to that, great. If not, or if I'm too busy. Those are the things that get pushed off when in actuality, those are the things that drive you and keep you going. So uh, just great stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed it, took notes. Uh, if, if not, listen to it again. Uh, I know you'll take something different from it or pick up on a new uh, just concept, listening to it a second time. Uh, I know all of these interviews challenge me. And one of one of my praises is just always being able to uh, realize how awesome it is that if not for this podcast, I would not have the opportunity to talk to and learn from some of the amazing professionals that I get to meet. So I, I hope that it's something that you're finding useful as well and that you can take it and truly have an impact because again, that's what the show is all about. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to putting out more content of a few great interviews coming up. 
well as uh, more five-minute Fridays, which I know uh, some of you have mentioned are something that you look forward to, but, but also just something quick that can give you a little bit of insight and advice. So look forward to that coming up. Um, have a great day. Thanks for listening.